We are Living by the Word Ministries, a nonprofit organization dedicated to one cause. That cause is the truth given in the Holy Bible, which we believe is the inerrant and infallible Word of God, conferred to man to live by. We let the Word of God be the final authority as to what is or is not true. We strongly feel that if we do not expose false doctrine, we only encourage it. This ministry is designed to challenge you from an apologetic point of view. 1 Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. This is Michael Tinsley. Please stay tuned while we arm you, the believer, to keep living by the word. It's the noble thing to do. Yes, 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 indeed, it is a noble thing to do to keep living by the word. Happy Independence Day weekend, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Living by the Word Ministries presentation of the Bible Information Brokers. My name is Daryl E.Z.D. Fulton, and no matter where you're listening to us, anywhere around the world, and how you're listening to us by way of internet uh, or radio, then we ask you to get a piece of paper, get a pencil, pull out your Bibles if you have one, and be prepared to take a wonderful ride and to dine on some good word tonight. Again, you can start calling in because this is a live presentation. The show will go as you call in at one triple eight LA Talks, one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. Go ahead and call a few friends, email a few friends, text a few friends, tweet a few friends. Let them know that you're listening to the Bible Information Brokers. One triple eight LA Talks, one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. Be one of the first few callers tonight. Don't wait till the last minute or in the middle of the show and uh, too late maybe to get in. Go ahead and start calling now at one triple eight LA Talks, one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. I'm going to introduce the, the teammates momentarily, but let me give you an email address where you can actually send us an email question as well. In your address box, write questions. Spell it out. Questions at bibleinfobrokers.com. Questions at BibleInfoBrokers.com. And by those two methods, you'll be able to call in or email us and get us a question so that we can give you a biblical response. I know you're going through things in life. The Bible may be talking about it. You have been reading your Bible. You definitely have questions. You went to church, have a Bible study, talk to people, friends, neighbors. Those have been bugging you, know that you're a Christian and saying, hey, uh, what is the answer to this? And you feel like you're obligated and you didn't have the answer? Give us an opportunity to help you with that answer. One triple eight LA Talks, one triple eight five two eight two five five seven, or email us questions at BibleInfoBrokers.com. Now, without further ado, let's get into this Independence Day weekend question and answer period. My good buddy Brian Allen. What are you doing, Brian? Like you're doing some engineer work over there. How you doing, bro? Doing well. What's going on, Daryl? Doing well, doing well, going well. Hey, listen, also, we got our own resident professor. Uh, I, we call him PCH. His name is Professor Craig Hawkins. Actually, not on his birth certificate, but it's Craig Hawkins. Craig, how you doing, bro? Uh, are you? I got to let me bring him up here right there. Now, how are you doing, Craig, now? Well, thank you. You know, I actually had to push you on, brother, so that means I have some kind of, uh, you know, abilities here. Oh gosh, uh, that could be looked at several ways, but yes, okay. <laughs> well, Professor, we can talk about it several ways, but not right now. We'll talk about them uh, person to person. Listen, let's get to these phone calls, guys. Uh, anything special going on or something that we didn't take care of last week that you remember? Uh, if we don't have anything, we can go right to the phone calls and the emails. Guys, okay. By that little brief silence, then we. this is live radio. Let's go to Alma in the city of Fullerton. Alma, thanks for holding on and calling in. I think you're a first-time caller, right, Alma? Yes. Alma, thanks for calling in. How are you doing? 
good. I just want to, can I just ask the question and then hang up and listen on the radio? You absolutely can. Okay, I want to know what you know about the group or what, whatever it is called Acts 29. It seems like they only believe in planting churches, not discipling people. Okay, I'm so the name of the group of churches is called Acts 29, correct? Yes, or it's a group, but, and the churches belong to it, I guess. Okay, Alma, we go ahead and take your call off the air, and you can listen on the broadcast. Thank okay, you, Alma. thank you. You're welcome. Gentlemen, have you ever heard of that, this group, Acts 29? Well, I've heard of them, uh, and I have to admit I'm remiss. It's come up before, and I've not had a chance to, to look into, uh, to, to them or about them. So I do apologize for that. That's number one. Uh, I don't know. I don't think Alma asked before, but somebody else did. And uh, I think you're right. I remember that, Greg. Actually, I do remember that, and I didn't look it up either. At, so at I didn't time. have a, ch- a chance to be honest. It slipped my mind, uh, but everything I've going on. So I apologize for about that. Number two, number two. So just going on what Alma said, and then I really do plan some time in the near future to 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 look them up and find out more about them. Of course, as everybody knows, there is no Acts 29, it's Acts 28, but I'm sure what they're thinking is, uh, in other words, we are the continuation, mm-hmm. as we should be, of the New Testament Church, and so um, so in that sense, it's Acts 29, and this would be wrong with the name, I'm not going to quibble on that, I'm not trying to, you know, not trying to quibble on that, I'm just mentioning, of course, there's only Acts 28, and then 29 would be the idea. So we are the the, the continuation of the book of Acts uh, you know, I'm, of, of the church. I'm looking on the map. They're all over the United States, really, really, really huge on the East Coast, uh, growing, looks like, on the West Coast, in Canada, in Mexico, uh, as well as it looks like in... Uh, well, Brian, yeah, thanks, Brian. Let, maybe I can make some comments, Brian, and then if you can find some doctrinal statements or whatnot, then we could comment on that. How's that? Um, if you can do that. Yeah, I mean, so I'm going to assume, and there's an assumption that Alma said it correctly, that their their main interest is planning church and not discipling, in quotes. I'm going to assume that's true. I don't know that it is, but if it is, um, that would be decidedly unbiblical, because we're not just to make converts, and of course we don't make them, God makes them, but we get the pleasure of sharing the gospel, and, and of course Christians do get the pleasure of seeing what we'd say is church planted, starting a new fellowship, if you will, of believers. Of course, as Scripture tells us, one plants, one waters, but only God gives the increase, whether it's of an individual believer, uh, one by one, of course, uh, or uh, or a whole fellowship. That's the work of God, obviously. But but we are, in light of Matthew, we are called to make disciples. Matetusita is the Greek word. We're not just called to make converts. We're to make disciples. We're to make ardent learners, followers of Christ. A disciple was someone who was dedicated, devoted to a rabbi, who uh, often at the time of Jesus would learn verbatim uh, the teacher of, of the, the rabbi they'd study with. It was not uncommon for people to memorize literally verbatim. I mean, just multiple, 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 multiple pages of the teaching of, of a given rabbi um, because of the difficulty of getting written documents and whatnot. And and also as a tribute just to their, their dedication to this individual and to their teachings, and of course, how much more so would we say in the New Testament and the Lord Jesus Christ. So if indeed this, this group only says they're only really into planning fellowships and not really discipling, I, I would have real trouble with that because... Uh, that totally contradicts the New Testament. Uh, again, Paul's 
ministry isn't just to see converts, it's to see people uh, grounded in the faith, not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, right? Uh, but you can't do better than our Lord Jesus Christ, who Amen. himself said, you know, all power in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Go ye therefore into all the world, right? Preach the gospel, of course, where make disciples, and then, you know, baptizing, teaching them everything I have commanded you. Um, and so, literally, actually, in the Greek text, it reads, while you're going, as you're going, we would say, uh, teaching, baptizing, you know, what have you. So that that's the great commission, often, unfortunately, the great omission of the Church. Uh, but but clearly, it's, again, one last time, Brian, unless you have something else, it's make disciples, not just make converts. Well, Craig, uh, it's something I think we should we definitely should talk about next week, uh, and it's real... It's just uh, acts29.com. They got a boatload of information on here about them. So we all just take a look at it. And then Alma, uh, if you'd be so kind as to uh, listen in next week, and maybe we can give you a more uh, comprehensive, comprehensive answer. Okay, so hey, that's uh, that situation. Acts 29, again, as we know, somebody who may have just been start listening in, there is no Acts 29. It's actually Acts 28 at the Bible, but it's a continuation, as Craig said. Yeah, it, it breaks up. Uh, what we are, and it goes into theological clarity, cultural uh, engagement, uh, missionary innovation. Uh, then it goes into what we believe, uh, and is broken down to uh, gospel uh, centrality in all of life, the sovereignty of God in saving sinners, the work of the Holy Spirit for life and ministry, the equality of male and female, and the principles of male servant leadership, the local church is God's primary missionary strategy, and then it'll go into uh, yeah, what well, we want yeah, to be that's... known for and what uh, what success looks like. So there's a lot of information on this site, yeah. and this is their website. Very good. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Living by the Word Ministries presentation of Bible Information Brokers. That voice you just heard was Brian Allen. My name is Daryl E.C.D. Fulton with PCH Professor Craig Hawkins. We're going to go back to the phone calls, and you can start dialing in as well to get in and ask your question. We want to give you the biblical answer. one la talks one 888 Please grab your Bible, get a pen and a piece of paper so you can write down some notes for yourself. You may develop questions as other people are calling in and get some things answered. one la talks one 888-528-2557 or send us an email question in the address box write questions at bibleinfobrokers.com let's go to Rick in the city of Los Angeles Rick thanks for calling in hey God bless you brothers you Love also, you Rick, you also like appreciate that you. what's your uh, question tonight? Uh, I've, been, I've been listening to uh, some other uh, some shows on uh, YouTube and you know they, they give uh, explanations about the church uh, a lot of things, and one of the things that I came across that I found interesting that I had never heard before was um, that it talked about that the Antichrist is supposed to come from the lineage of Dan. Can you guys elaborate on that? Just give me, uh, you know, your 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 uh, your knowledge on that. Did they use any particular scriptural verses uh, that you got, Rick? Uh, it was uh, it was from Genesis, uh, where they, and actually I, I looked it up. Uh, I don't know the exact number, but it's basically when Jacob uh, is getting ready to to die, and I guess that he's giving blessings to each one of uh, of the twelve children. And you know, he talks about Le- you know Reuben uh, being his firstborn. Gotcha, he talks yeah. about how you know his aggression. He talks about Levi, Simeon. But when he gets to Dan, he talks. He, I don't know the exact uh, 
the exact uh, uh, word, word uh, verbiage, but it paraphrases basically uh, he talks about him being a serpent. Gotcha. If I, if Craig and uh, Brian, if I remember correctly, when <laughs> Jacob was given those, what Rick just uh, alluded to, blessings, more or less his last, uh, not will and testament, but his, his talks about each one, a lot of that stuff wasn't too positive, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, there were some pretty sober um, mm-hmm. descriptions as well, and then the prophetic uh, pronunciations of, 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 of um, Jacob over his sons. Um, yes, I, I would. Uh, I was actually. I started. At that, I should be have done it earlier. I need to actually go uh, look up the, the very text. I mean, I know. I know what Rick's talking about. Right. I wanted to actually quote uh, his his um, his prophecy and uh, get there. Uh, but uh, this is in regards to the Antichrist. If you're just listening, to it, well, you know. no, I, and I'm not really even doing it for that. I, I'm, right. I can comment on that. I just wanted that. I always like to have it in context because people don't know what we're talking about right. and have the actual text. Uh, apparently, none of us have looked it up yet. So I'm definitely looking at it. It's not like I've never yeah. heard it. I mean, of course I have. Um, but uh, let's find it. Let's find it. I believe it's. I'm sorry. Go ahead. If you got it, Rick, please let us no, know. <laughs> I, I, I think it might have been like uh, Genesis 31. If, if I'm no, not, uh, no, I think it's. Well, it could be. Yeah. I think it's later though. Uh, I think it's toward, it's toward the very end of of Genesis, and uh, the death of Israel or Jacob. Um, yeah. Uh, the other the other yeah, question it, I had. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Rick. I, um, I the neighborhood where I live, I get a lot of door to door Jehovah's Witnesses Jehovah's Witnesses coming by, you know, and and trying to you know trying to recruit and uh, you know convert people. And, um, you know, I try and do as much reading, but I try and stick to, you know, what you guys teach, what God teaches, Christianity, um, you know, the New King James Bible. Uh, but what, is the, what are the fundamental differences between uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses and Christianity, as we know? That if I were to engage with them in a conversation, that I could maybe, you know, speak intelligently, because uh, I don't know, well, you know, what what exactly the differences are. Um, you know, Rick, when it comes to the Jehovah Witnesses, they they pretty much deny all the essential doctrines. They uh, they do not believe in the deity of Christ. They believe that Jesus was a, the first created uh, being uh, from Jehovah God. Uh, he was Michael the Archangel on Earth. Uh, they don't believe in the, uh, so they don't believe, they don't hold to the Trinity, they don't hold to the deity of Christ, they don't hold to salvation by grace alone, through faith alone. Um, and so uh, with with the essentials, they pretty much deny all of them. Uh, the bodily resurrection, again, um, you know, Jesus uh, didn't die. He, uh, he uh, came back as Michael the Archangel, so... You know, you know. So you don't really have a true resurrection because the the person that died did not resurrect. I I normally like staying with the um, uh, the deity of Christ, dealing with who is Jesus, uh, who is God. Uh, you know, they they're known for just uh, just a plethora of uh, false prophecies of uh, the world ending. I, I think Dr. Martin called them Armageddon Incorporated, 
and uh, just because of all the false prophecies. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, I have a copy of the deed uh, to uh, uh, Beth Serene, which they purchased because it was supposed to be the uh, place where uh, all the Old Testament saints would be living. Uh, but, you know, that's another aspect. Of, but I would deal personally with who Jesus is, okay? Um, well, that, is, that, that in itself right there is enough uh, for me to, to open dialogue with. Uh, you know, they come around and they come around, you know, on a weekly basis. Right. And, you know, I really do want to engage them and, and, and speak to them, but I want to make sure that I speak with Praise them God. intelligently sure. because I don't want to come across as, you know, um, uh, you know, that I'm talking down to them, but, you know, maybe enlighten some of them because i mean there's a lot of things that you know that until we hear it we don't know right you know the, the you, you until you hear the the real gospel you know the there's there's no way to to help people no i totally agree you know love them and then uh, share the word with them and just remember they're known to kind of play hopscotch uh you'll make a point to them and they will try to uh, jump around instead of answering the question. So I would, I would, I would have to make sure. I would make sure that they dealt with the question you would have. Uh, and again, a lot of their literature uh, contradicts itself as well. Uh, but there's just a lot of uh, strong scriptures uh, regarding the deity of Christ that uh, that are that are just rock solid. And it's just a matter of sharing it with them and letting the Holy Spirit do what He does. You know, uh, Craig. I know I'm sure getting back to Dan's original question about uh, Dan. Craig, I'm sure you got Genesis 49 now. Right. And dealing with, so why don't you go ahead and take it from there, PCH. Yeah, Thanks, so, and then we'll come back to these other questions. So, sure. yeah, it's actually uh, Genesis uh, 49:16. Dan will provide justice for his people. That doesn't sound like the Antichrist. Right. As one of the tribes of Israel, Dan will be a serpent by the roadside, a viper along the path that bites the horse's heel so that its rider stumbles backward. I will look for your deliverance, O Lord. Uh, in other words, it's kind of the idea of surprise, the element of surprise and causing them to stumble and whatnot. Uh, you know, somebody, a horse that gets spooked and yeah. or gets bit and then throws the rider. This has nothing to do with, uh, with, with the end times and the Antichrist. That's kind of what I thought. And the other passage they use is another passage that talks about not, uh, so there's various interpretations of it, but not honoring the gods of his, or not worshiping or giving honor to the gods of his father. He may indeed be, end up being ethnically Jewish. That's a possibility. Um, can't say that's not true. But, and he could, I mean, and is it possible, therefore, that he could be from the tribe of Dan? Uh, yes. Because um, since I don't hold to what's called Anglo-Israelism, I do believe that the ethnically that the Jewish people, the 12 tribes, are still alive and through people, various people today. There's a number of theories and ideas I'm alluding to here without going there. Um, but, but, but this doesn't prove that, he, that, that, that the Antichrist is going to be from the tribe of Dan. There's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of people who mean well, but they really speculate. And I wish people would just stick more with straight what the Bible says. And if someone says, you know, this is my opinion, I, I kind of lean this way, um, but there's no solid ground based on the original language or otherwise to believe that he's going to be from the tribe of Dan. So I would just have to respectfully disagree with that. Hey, Rick, that's an excellent question. And I, I tell you guys, and Rick, before we let you go, I just, I just want to say that, Craig, what you said and what people do, it's almost like you have to sensationalize the Bible when you don't really need to. There's enough stuff in there to just blow our mind and what God well, revealed to us as yeah, well. The irony is there's plenty of stuff to speak very specifically on, mm -hmm. and, and, and pastors, to be honest, often don't do that. And then they, many, many, not all, there's many, you know, pastors do a phenomenal job teaching the Bible. I want to be careful. 
Um, but there are many, but there are many who spend this time, you know, waxing elephants uh, on stuff that's just total speculation. And reading uh, Lewis, C.S. Lewis one time commenting on crit- critics of the Bible, he said, you know, they claim to be able to read between the lines when the reality is they can't even read the lines in any worse sense talking about themselves. And, and sometimes that reminds me of people uh, in ministry who just like to speculate. and yes. just, They read in people's motives and all kinds of things, and the Bible just doesn't tell us. And again, if you want to say, well, I think this is probably the case or whatever, there's nothing wrong with that, but there's just too much guessing. And, and why are we not more faithful to the text and spend time on what it does teach? Just quickly on the Jehovah's Witnesses, actually, they do believe, believe Jesus is divine. They don't believe he's Almighty God. They believe he's a God, a divine-like being. He's not Almighty God. And that includes their butchering of John 1-1 uh, in the original languages. Um, they, they want to translate it, he's a God. Uh, but the reality is the divine names, here's the key point, uh, the many things Brian did mention. The, uh, I, I look at it like a coin, and we have an obverse, which is the front of the coin, and a reverse. And the two issues I always like to stay with are, who is Jesus and how is one saved? Or what did he do? What, what do you think about Jesus and how is one saved? And the Bible's very clear that those are the two issues related to each other that determine your eternal destiny. Jesus said in John 8:24, if you don't believe that I am, you shall die in your sins. And He's alluding to the divine name of Exodus 3.14. They got it because they want to kill him for it. And so uh, that was one of the five reasons you could kill somebody at that time. Uh, the, by the authorities, the Jewish authorities, was for what they deemed blasphemy. If Jesus was not God, then clearly that was blasphemy. Now, if he is divine, whoops, that's another matter. And, of course, we would argue that is indeed the case. Christ and, and crucified. And so, yeah, so we go through a number of passages, and we show you, even for their own Bible, they pride themselves on on translating the divine name, not just Lord Karkurios, for example. Let me just give you this. So they they pride themselves on using the word, not just the word Kurios, but uh, Yahweh. Well, they use Jehovah, and even they admit in their own book what the name of God, that it's not really Jehovah. Can't be. There's no J in Hebrew. That's a long story. I talk for another time. But <laughs> the best we can discern from the Tetragrammaton, Yod, He, Wahey, where we get the word Yahweh, taking the vowels from the word Adonai, which is Lord in Hebrew, as opposed to Lord in Greek, which is Kurios. Um, we put the vowels from that, they did, into Yahweh, um, to, to Tetragrammaton, and came up with Jehovah. Um, but at any rate, here's the point. Rick, here's an argument. So they claim Jesus is divine, but not Almighty God. Yet, indeed, the Bible claims over and over again that he is divine and that he receives worship. Indeed, Brian rightly often likes to mention John 20, 28, where Thomas calls him my Lord and my God. But, but here's an argument to use. Uh, to take them to uh, Hebrews chapter um, 10, verse 13. Hebrews 10, 13, and it quotes from Joel 2.32. And it's, it's referring to Jesus, and that's the context of Romans 10. And then it says about him, for anybody who calls on the name of the Lord uh, shall be saved. And Paul, and in Romans 10.13, is quoting something. And uh, whatever else he's quoting, he's quoting Joel 2.32, where it literally says that. Now, here's the point. In the, in the Hebrew Bible, or even in your English Bible, you say, may say, well, I don't read Hebrew. We don't have to. In your English Bible, anytime the divine name is used, not just the, the, the titles Adon or Adonai in Hebrew, which is Lord, like Kurios, but what the, see, Lord is not God's name. That's a title. 
but that title can be used of a, of a man, of a sir, of a mister, of a boss, of, of a master, of a slave, uh, of an emperor, ruler, what have you. Uh, it's also used of God, but when the divine name is used, that's only used of God. And if you look in your English Bible, you'll see that the word Lord is in all capital letters. And not just capital L, then lowercase o-r-d, but it's capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. What's the point? That's telling you in the Hebrew, it's the name Yahweh. And so that name, which God said he would not give his name or glory to any other, is this passage is applied to Jesus. And so you take them again, ask them Romans 10, 13, uh, get the context. Who is this talking about? What is this quoting? Take them to Joel 2.32, and then you can mention to them, in your kingdom in a linear, here you go, in your kingdom in a linear, in the introduction, which is in Roman numeral letters, and Roman numeral letters, uh, about pages, uh, starting about 9, 10, 11-ish in there, it talks about why they think that their Bible is so much better, and one of it is they state is that that any time that the divine name is used, and that is when a passage in the New Testament is quoting an Old Testament passage, and the divine name is used, that they use the divine name. But here they don't do that. But what you want to do is quote this to them and then ask them, so who's Jesus? See, this is a powerful biblical argument, much more better than speculating about who, what tribe the Antichrist is going to become from. And you're using not only the Bible, the Word of God, but you're using their own literature against them. They pride themselves on their own translation and of being so precise, which they're not. Um, And so you use the Bible in its precision, and that is using the title, not just the title, God or Lord, which are, again, just titles like president or prime minister or governor. Those aren't people's names. God's name, Yahweh, and it's applied to Jesus. And the point is, Jesus is Yahweh, in spite of what they say. Not only is he divine, but he is Almighty God. He is just as divine, if you will, as is the Father and the Holy Spirit. Hey, Rick, I really hope that's helpful to you, my brother. Thank you very much, guys. I, as always, love you guys, and uh, I appreciate everything you guys do. And well, I, would you. Really lo- I would really love to see you guys put more stuff on Facebook, uh, so I can share with my friends and 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 family. It would really, mm. really, uh, uh, if you guys could somehow do that, because uh, a lot more people need 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 to hear you guys spread the word and and the way that you explain it, the way you go about it, it, it it's just divine. We'll uh, be working on that, Rick. Even as you speak, we thank you very much, sir. Hey, thank Rick. you, Rick. Yeah. You know, gentlemen, uh, go ahead, Brian. No, I wanted to say something. Um, just wanted to let the audience know uh, this past Thursday at Core Church, um, uh, it was uh, Professor Kevin Lewis spoke uh, on the uh, title was Christianity versus the Cults. And uh, he did a phenomenal job. I mean, really, really did a good job uh, with his message. And uh, I'm going to have it put up on our website, but if anyone wants to listen to it now, uh, what they can do is go to um, uh, corechurchla.org, corechurchla.org, click on the um, the link that says sermons, then all sermons, and then from there go to uh, latest messages and just click on the link from June 29th and uh, listen to the message. Just did a really, really good job. What's the gentleman's name again? Uh, it's uh, Professor Kevin Lewis. And I think Craig knows him as well. Um, 
but he, he he did a really really good job. It's good stuff. You know, like Rick was saying, uh, Brian, and we can you can segue into this, and Greg, you as well, that uh, we want to do more. And I was just thinking about that all week, uh, Greg and Brian, about the Lord have us in this spot. I mean, I've been on the same time spot for long, going into the 20th year, actually. You guys have been on these 18. I know, Brian, you want me to say 20 for everybody, but it's all good. Listen, folks, the way you can actually maybe help Rick get his wish uh, through is to support us financially because as we don't have the problems financially, we can we can expand. You know, Craig, we have to take care of the basic, uh, you know, like you do, you have to take care of your staples. You got to get those staples in your body before you can worry about all the fancy stuff. So one of our staples is to take care of our, our radio broadcasts and all the associated costs with the website and all the various things Brian making resource for. So, folks, you can actually help us out by doing so. Yes, prayerfully, but I want you to prayerfully consider what God would have you to do specifically for this ministry. Living by the Word Ministries cannot afford to uh, support this broadcast financially, just not in a position to do so. But the you listeners and the folks that are associated with this broadcast by listening in, telling your friends about it, and sharing it, then you can help us out financially. B, can you let them know? That's Brian when I say B. Can you let them know how they can actually give or that we can get the money to do those things that Rick was suggesting? Actually, yes. Actually, yes. Yeah, and Did you, you know, hear that bus, I, Greg? Did you hear that I, bus? I noticed... <laughs> You know, I noticed the, the you know it's this time of the year where where our our donations go down and, and I'm seeing that they've slowed down a lot, and you know uh, it's it's something that the professor um, says constantly. We're in spiritual warfare. We are in spiritual warfare. The devil hates our guts. I'm going to quote the professor, and um, you know he does not want us on air. Uh, because of of what we do, proclaiming the gospel, uh, giving answers uh, uh, to to people who have questions, and so uh, I'm going to ask the listening audience to stand with us. If they, uh, if you guys believe in in what we're doing, if you believe in this ministry, then I'm going to ask that you uh, continue to pray for us, or if you haven't prayed for us, do pray for us. And um, you can support us a couple ways financially. You can go right to the website. Go to BibleInfoBrokers.com, BibleInfoBrokers.com. Click on the link that says Support and Donate, and you can give right online. It goes right uh, into our account. Uh, we don't have to uh, go to the mailbox and make deposit or anything like that. And so... Uh, and it's just quicker, it's easier, save, save stamps, envelopes, uh, all, that, all that stuff. So if, again, you believe in this ministry, I'm asking that you stand with us in the good fight, okay? Because it is a battle. It's a spiritual battle. And, um, you know, if you've never given, I, I'd ask that you uh, go to the Lord and ask, you know, is this a ministry that you can be, uh, that you, can, uh, you should support? Now, if you want to mail in, uh, your donation, you can do that too. Uh, we 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 take checks. I'll tell you that. And uh, if you can, uh, and if you want to do it that way, you can make your check out to LBTW, and we have a new PO box. Okay, we've had it for about three four weeks now. It's PO box nine zero four seven seven. Okay, PO box nine zero four seven seven, Los Angeles nine zero 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 nine. Okay. Uh, and that's the other way you can get. So uh, I'm going to again ask you to stand with us, pray for us, and also stand with us financially to support this radio ministry. So we don't come to you in three months saying, "Hey, uh, we're emergency, day, emergency. we're emergency, emergency, we're a day from being off the air." So, um, so 
in advance, I'm going to say thank you for your yes. donations. Yes. Hey, Brian, Brian, when you say support us, do you mean do you want them to make your house payment? Oh, or thank like you, that? Greg. What, what, what does that mean? Good point. <laughs> well, you know, I, I don't have, I, I think uh, Creflo makes like $27 million, uh, or that's what he's worth. No, um, <laughs> we, we, we do this ministry uh, out of... Uh, you know, out of the uh, of our hearts. You know, we we get paid zero. Labor okay? of love, man. Labor of love. And uh, and you know what? Technically, you know, we should get paid. Oh, I've been trying to triple you guys' salary. Okay, I have but, been the last. But you know years. what? It, we, yeah, we don't we don't trip off of that. It's more important for us to come on the air every weekend and uh, give answers. That's what's important. That's what's uh, uh, that's what we need to do. You know, I w- I would love to. You know, if if there was an influx of income, I would say let's still not get us out. Let's see if we can expand yes, our ministry, exactly. okay, to other parts of the uh, uh, of the country of the world. And so, because this word needs to go out to everyone. So, yeah, I think Craig, Daryl, and I we get this. We we earn the same amount every week. Uh, zero is free, and we're not complaining no, about that. Not Believe me, we're not complaining about that. This is just that you guys know that your money is going towards, your donations are going towards the radio ministry and every and all the costs associated with it, plain 100%. and simple. I mean, it's really a, a blessing, guys, that um, uh, you guys are unique. You guys are unique in ministry. Uh, I've, I've been around ministry a long time, and I've, uh, I've seen people leave ministries because they're not getting that dollar. And again, I'm not saying that they're wrong for not wanting to get paid. And like Brian said, I think that, yeah, we should be getting paid, but it's not the issue of that. I think that uh, if it's a labor of love, then the Lord has blessed us with uh, so many other things. But, hey, it's, it's actually a struggle to take care of your family and do those things and then work in ministry, Craig. And you know if you want to get rich, you don't come on the radio, you don't go on TV and tell the people what thus saith the Lord in its proper context because that's not going to get you paid. But if you juice it up a little bit, if you kind of tickle their ears, then that's unfortunately where a lot of folks are getting paid in ministry, whereby they're uh, thriving financially in ministry. And, and what's what's the common phrase here sometimes? You know, we're the bad boys of radio. Yeah. We, we, we say things that aren't too popular. Uh, we're not kind of like itching ears. We're just telling it like it is. We're we're, we're interpreting the scriptures uh, properly, I believe. And so you know, sometimes people get upset because mm-hmm. you know we say things about female pastors. We mm-hmm. say thing about uh, word faith teachers. We say things that aren't popular, and uh, but we have to. Okay. It's the word. Of, it's the word of God, and whatever the question is, we try to answer it. And P- PCH and Brian is. It's the bottom line is this that God's people have God's money to take care of God's business. And if you think that we are doing God's business, and we really appreciate what Rick said. He would love to be able for us to get expand and get things on like the social media and stuff like that. And we're not uh, opposed to that. It's just the idea that Brian has to take care of his family. I do, and, and Craig does, and uh, it's just time and money. It's just really, it's just that simple. It's just that simple. So yeah. we thank you in advance for what you're going to give and however much you're going to give. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to go around and just ask how many hours of sleep we get. You know. <laughs> sleep? What is that? Yeah. So it's, uh, anyway, listen, let's get let's get back to the, uh, the the calls and let's get back to the uh, the opportunity for the people to call in with their open, honest question. We want to give them a biblical response to whatever that question is. I know we talked about theology and things like that, but life happens. I, I hang around guys that are like, oh, nothing to be my father. And I, I love that. And I, I was talking to one of the guys that was a judge the other day at just about life and how, you know, um, 
uh, people, I mean, he's, he's dealt with the bad side of life, dealing with people going to jail and, you know, and judging folks like that. He's retired, been retired for a while. Bottom line is this. Folks have issues to deal with out there, and we believe that the Bible is the answer. We'll be talking about that. We actually call it good news, and we're going to give you some good news. So stay tuned for some good, good news that we're going to be sharing with you momentarily. But right now, let's get back to some questions, and let's go to... The Los Angeles area. Craig, I hope that we did it justice to your, your question about how much you're going to get paid. I know you were uh, soliciting for a triple your pay. And so right now, I want to quadruple Craig's pay right now. Time hey, zero equals? Hey, Nipple, hey, i got to say this. I can't Go remember ahead. this. <laughs> Daryl's old enough to, to – well, Daryl has grandkids. Not he is old Mercy. enough. He has grandkids. Yes. I was just so talking about that. They're old enough to be his father. We're talking about some pretty old <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Craig. Thanks a lot, Craig. Hey, look, I couldn't resist. Man. I'm in the same crowd, so I can't. So wait, what, what is he, Craig? Big Mama's baby boy? No, or? that's Mama Grace and Big Daddy's baby <laughs> Cause he, boy. Because he messed up again the other night, Craig. I don't know if you noticed it or not. You guys hear a bus going. You know, I, I, you know what? That, that's probably why somebody in your family in that bus. Never mind. Let's, let's get back to these calls. Hey, hey, do you hear the beep, beep, beep? That's the bus. That's, been, that's our boy, Brian. He is the Thor Underer. That's right. Um, <laughs> just tell it like it is. Uh, okay, it is. It is that Alex is on the phone from Los Angeles. Alex, thanks for being there for us, brother, and, and break the monotony of our silliness. And thanks for your call. Alex, you're on the line. Hello, Alex? Well, Alex, you know, he, Alex got tired of you, Brian, so he, he must have you on hold. Alex, I'm going to put you on hold to give you a chance to come back to the phone. But let's go to Brock right now in Palmdale. Brock, thanks for holding on and calling in. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can, Brock. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing all right. Thank you. Good. What's your question for the night? Um, it's kind of a, a two-fold question. Um, and it's something, uh, something the Lord kind of convicted me on is, uh, I believe it's in Luke, he said, uh, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things I say? Um, so I kind of wanted to start a conversation there. And, um, you know, obviously he said a lot of things uh, to do. Um, but then it led me over to... Um, John uh, 15, uh, probably verses, uh, I'm sorry, let me just go there real quick. Anyway, the, um, the thing was, is just, uh, you know, it's like a little bit more than, it seems like it's a little bit more than believing and obviously giving myself uh, to the work of the Lord. But then I was kind of like, well, what does that, you know, what does that really mean? And then my side question was, um, through the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, the point of sanctification is that basically drawing so close to to God through Christ that we don't make room for sin anymore in our lives. Mm. You say we do not make room for sin, or not to make I'm room saying, for sin? Uh, yeah, like is, is that the point of sanctification where we don't make room for sin in our lives? Like that, that's that's our our goal is to. I see what you're saying. Um, defeat Satan at every turn and just uh, be in that, that love of the Lord. Well, I think, well, let me say this before Craig O'Brien take, take a shot at this. One of the things Craig said earlier about uh, um, discipleship, or, and it's like sort of a discipline in the Lord, is this group that we're going to look up, and if anybody knows anything about it, you know, we're going to be doing some research on this Acts 29 group that you talked about. And the whole idea about getting kind of straight away with every wind of doctrine is because people are not uh, rooted and grounded in the Word of God, thus saith the Word of God, instead of taking the next new best sensationalized thing. So I think 
being solid in the word of God, uh, being a disciple, being disciplined in what you do, we, we're, we're more disciplined in our job. And I wonder if we got paid to read the word of God and read it with some kind of diligence. I wonder if we would read it more, you know, as opposed to just growing up in our faith by understanding the word of God. Gentlemen? Well, I was kind of leaning towards the uh, <laughs> issue of uh, what Brock was saying about sanctification and, um, you know, you know, I, I don't have a problem with striving, striving for perfection or striving to not sin. Right. Okay, uh, it's it's extremely hard. We don't, we don't have to sin. That's the that's the beauty. Yeah, of we the don't believer. have to. Yeah. But you look at uh, you look at uh, sin in the world. You look at us as Christians. But the goal, yeah, through sanctification, you know, every single day, every single hour, every single minute, to grow. In your most, as you say, in your most holy faith, uh, that is, I mean, and, that, and that's a great goal to have, uh, to shoot for, uh, to not sin uh, as uh, as little as possible. Am I going to say you're not, you are going to sin? You're lying if you do. <laughs> well, the Bible says, you know, we all sin, yes. okay? And he who's our sin is a lie and the truth is not in him. But that doesn't say we shouldn't strive not to sin. And uh, so I, I would totally agree with you regarding sanctification, Brock. Uh, as Christians, we need to grow every single day. Yeah, no. and, 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 you know, do we, do we fall and slip back? Most Christians sure. do. PCH so. has a, a, a real profound sinner back in the day. Uh, why don't you share what you think about this? And I think we put Craig on hold. I know he's just dying to get back on there. Somehow you got put on hold, Craig. Well, you're back Boy, now. <laughs> but you heard everything, correct? Mm-mm-mm. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> he was do? really under the bus. Yeah, yeah you read it, You were really under the bus that time, yes. So, uh, Professor PCH, on a, on a serious note, let's, let's address uh, the sanctification issue that um, Brock is bringing up. Yeah, let's take a shot at this. Um, a couple things here. Well, it's not more than belief. It's true belief. So I just want to qualify that it's actually not again more more than belief. It is faith, uh, pistis pistuo, noun and verb respectively, entails actions. The actions are not what save you, but they're evidence of a true, genuine faith. And I'm going to show you that in just a moment. There's a big debate today, but there's always been a debate in the church: the role of works and faith, James two, mm-hmm. and some people are so afraid that you're going to be you know teaching some types of works righteousness. Or, salvation by your works, that they want to go to the other extreme, and and we call that antinomianism, that, oh, we never want to talk about good works, because uh, people might think that, you know, they're saving themselves, and or their status with God, or keeping their status with God is by their works. Um, and that's just not the case. And the one movement's called the Free Grace Movement. There's a whole group of guys um, who are espousing this stuff, and there's those who are answering them. It's a kind of a big fight right now in Christianity. And it, but it, this this debate is a perennial issue. It's been around for a long time in one way, shape, or form. So let's look, let's look at some passages. And I guess I wanted to start out and point. Look, even Jesus Himself, who indeed I believe yes. is our propitiation, He is our sacrifice or substitute to atone uh, by His work, by His death, burial, perfect life, resurrection from the dead. We are declared righteous as we're told in Romans 4, 23 through 25, no doubt about it. But even Jesus rebukes six of the seven churches of Asia Minor. So if it's only about grace, why does he get on them for not doing certain things or doing things they shouldn't be doing? I thought it was all grace, man, all covered. 
The irony is some of the key passages that talk about grace also talk about works. Now, again, not works that make us right before God, not works that save us, like the cults teach, like Mormonism or Jehovah's Witnesses or others, but works that are indicative of, of true, genuine belief. By the way, what is, God's, what is God's command? What is the work we're to do? And it's not really a work, but we're told to believe on Jesus Christ. Look at, uh, for example, if folks are note-takers, they might want to write these passages down, because they all, all go together, and I have quite a few, but they tie together. Indeed, if you want the full counsel of God on something, then look at all relevant passages, not just one, but all of them. And that's how we establish biblical teaching. In the John 6.29, but also in 1 John, of course written, I would argue, by the same author, John 6.29, and in 1 John 3.23 we're told, well, I'll read John 3.23, and this is his command, to believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ and to love one another as he commanded us. The, com- the loving people doesn't save us, but it proves that we are saved. It's fruit of salvation, or part of the fruit. But God's command is that we believe on his Son, that we believe on him, that trust in him as our personal Lord and Savior, and that when people do that, there's going to be good works. That's normal. That's natural. In fact, Paul says, for example, to, in Titus, uh, speaking to Titus, he tells them, right, there's people who claim to know him, the Lord, he says, and this is what Paul says about them. He says, um, he says uh, here, they claim to know God. This is Titus 1.16. So they claim to know God, but by their actions they deny him. And then he says they are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. So uh, the lie is proven by their actions. It's not enough just to claim Christ. It's that you are doing what he's asked you to do, which is to believe on him. And biblical belief isn't just believing, it is following through with what he's told you to do, which is repentance and whatnot. Listen, for example, this is what Paul says about his own people, ethnically the Jews, in Acts chapter 26. In Acts chapter 26, verse 20, he refers to his own people. He's talking to King Agrippa, and he's on trial for his life. And he says, he says, I preach that they should repent. Well, let me just read verse 19, actually starting in Acts 26. So then King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven, that is, of his calling, first to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and to the Gentiles also. I preach that they should repent and turn to God and prove their repentance by their deeds. So please notice the deeds don't save you, but they are the proof that you are saved. They don't they they're not for salvation, they're from salvation. They follow. They're not the root, but they're the fruit of salvation. Yes, yes. We like we like to say. Now let me let me look at two more passages with you. Going back, uh, for example, well, I'll, I'll go back to Titus in a moment. I want to go to Ephesians. Ephesians two is this great, incredible uh, book and then chapter on salvation by grace alone through faith alone. I would argue, on the count of Christ alone. And, and, and what is it we read? We read, for example, For by grace you say through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So, but that's, that's Ephesians 2, 8, 9, but we, don't, we shouldn't stop there. And by the way, the that, I'm going to argue, that in, is called the demonstrative pronoun. In Greek, it's tuta, T-O-U-T-O. And what is the dat? The that. It's the salvation, it's the grace, it's the faith. All those are the that. They're all given by God. So this is this beautiful, wonderful, rich, deep passage on salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, on account of Christ alone. But it doesn't stop there. For, Gar, because 
We are God's workmanship yes. created in Christ yes. Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So notice it's not grace or works. The works don't save us, but the saving grace will be proven in one's life by fruit. Look, my orange tree produces orange. I don't freak out. I don't call it a miracle. Orange trees, orange trees naturally produce oranges. They produce fruit. And so the Christian should be producing the fruit of the Spirit. That's natural, normal. That's what they do. One more key passage here, then some final comments. Another uh, favorite passage of mine, dealing with the second coming of Christ, is found in Titus 2. I'll start verse 11. And we're told, For by the grace of God, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age, while we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are, are his very own, eager to do what is good. Mm. These, then, are the things you should teach, encourage, and rebuke with all authority. So, so notice here, notice, Brock, that it's not, it's not grace or works, the works flow from the saving grace. These two incredibly great passages, arguably, along with Titus 3, 4 through 7, the three best passages in the whole Bible on salvation by grace alone through faith alone, talk about the good works that should be evident in the life of a believer. So don't stop at Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Go to Ephesians 2, 10, context. Don't stop with Titus you know, 2, 11 and 12. Finish verse 13. So, so we should produce good works. And it's not just avoiding sin. That's a negative way. Uh, I would say, it's just like saying, I, I, w- I want to be in better shape and whatever. Well, but most people are not going to diet. They're not eat well. They're not going to exercise. It's to delight in God. And how do we delight in God? It's by asking God for that desire. Yes. Even half-heartedly. God, help me to love you. Help me to serve you. So sanctification is our one last point here. We talk about positional versus practical holiness. Positionally, you are as righteous as you're ever going to be, Brock. Right now, you're not going to be more saved tomorrow than today. You're as saved right now as you're ever going to be, because the righteousness of Christ has already been imputed to you. We've, we're told in uh, Romans 5, 1 and 2, Romans 5, 9, Titus 4, 7, dikaiosune, uh, this beautiful Greek word, this eris passive participle. What does that mean? Having been declared righteous. Having been justified mm. is how we literally done. translate it into English. It's a, it's a done deal. Yeah. God's already declared you righteous. You already have the righteous standing of Christ. So that's positionally. But practically, you and I, hopefully, and Daryl and Brian are growing day by day, and, and our actual lives are becoming more Christ-like, more holy. And not, not that, again, these works save us, not that they keep us saved, but we were saved to, 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 to serve God and to be like Him in the sense of, uh, purity. So we're growing, we're maturing, and so I, I don't see this as a hype. This is not a hype. I'm not a, I'm not an, I'm not a legalist, but I'm not an antinomian either. I want to teach the full counsel of God. I want to give the full, as best I'm able, the full orb to biblical perspective. Now, there's so much more to be said, but I just gave you a half dozen passages that I believe support what you said earlier. That, yeah, the, as Christians, we should be grow, trying to grow in grace. 
um, you know, not, not hyping out, not freaking out. And you may have a bad day or a bad week, a bad month. You don't go, oh, I'm not saved anymore. But we don't make excuses for our sin. And overall, year by year or overall towards, you know, now as opposed to five years, ten years, twenty years ago, there should be some evidence of grace and growth in your life. That's normal and natural. Look, unless one's handicapped, unless one has some type of very serious illness, what do you expect? You have children, they start out as babies, and they are to grow physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. If they don't, there's something wrong. It is the natural course of human beings, other than when they have a handicap or some significant serious issue, they grow in those four or five areas. So it should be with a Christian. Amen, amen. Brock, I hope that's helpful to you, my brother. Okay, um, I just had a couple things, but uh, if you guys want to get on. Yeah, well, we, we, need, we need to. We can be getting ready to come up to a break, and we want to give uh, a gospel presentation. Okay, yeah, and call, and call back, Brock, and we'll, we'll be happy to tackle the other things, pick it up right up here, wherever you want to go, and, and move on, okay? All right, thank you. Thank you very much, Brock. And Craig, you know, I did promise people good news. Uh, can you, um, and if you, you know, feel free to... Do, uh, we got about two and a half, three minutes. You want to take a shot at giving people the good news yeah, that thanks, we have in Yeah, what a pleasure. Thank you so much. You know, you know, as Americans, uh, at least many people listening, that is, you know, we're celebrating, or will be, Independence Day. But I would tell you there's an ultimate and more important independence. But in this case, not from God, but in God. Yes. The Bible says we're slaves to sin. Uh, it's, and, the, and the picture was used literally of the slave markets where people were literally bought and sold in Greek and Roman society on an auction block, if you will. Well, the biblical view is we've all sold ourselves into slavery. We're all in bondage, but there is a deliverer, there is a redeemer, and it's here to set us free. We're not saying your life's going to be perfect, you're going to have no troubles, no struggles. That's not what we're saying. But you will have the power. You will have new desires because God will give them to you. He's not asking you to whoop it up or go to some self-help growth, uh, motivational seminars and pay money. He gives this to you. He'll change your desires. He'll give you ener- divine energy to love Him, serve Him, walk with Him, to know Him. He doesn't save you because of what you've done or will do. He saves you because of what He's already done. So you, my friend, you're in bondage to sin. Uh, you know, fill in the blanks. Whatever your poison is, just put it in the blank. You know what I'm talking about. We're all different, but you all have your things that hold you captive. Christ has come to set you free so that you may experience the ultimate. Can I say it? Fourth of July, if you will. Pardon that for some of you. The Fourth of July, that is, he sets you free from sin. He sets you free from bondage to death and, and gives you eternal life, which starts right here, right now, not just when you die physically. But you, my friend, must appropriate the work of Christ. That is, trust in Him, believe on Him as your Lord and Savior. And know, and mark this down your calendar, this is indeed the ultimate uh, Independence Day celebration for you because you've been redeemed from your sin and set free as a child of God, as, a, as an heir of the Lord Jesus Christ. My friend, it doesn't get better than that. Amen and amen. Hey. Really, really appreciate that, Professor. Folks, if you happen to uh, take the advice of Craig, take the word of God, advice of Craig, and actually accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, whether it be now or sometime in the future, we'd ask Brian, I would ask that you give us a call at one eight six six. That's 866-929-2514. 866-929-2514. We want to hear that you did come into the family of God. We did. You did accept this Christ as Lord and Savior, and thus your whole eternity begins. 
right then and right there. We want to get you in a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church, give you some advice on where to go from there. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening by Brian Allen, Professor Craig Hawkins, PCH. My name is Daryl E.Z.D. Fulton. We are the Bible Information Brokers. Listen, come on the other side of the break. Call us right now. We have some open lines at one triple eight la talks one triple eight five two eight two five five seven, and we'll deal with your questions on the other side of the break. We thank you much. 